Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The same command perpetually. If authority is deputed to me, I claim you, said Willoughby. You have not broken faith with me? Assuredly not. Or would it be possible for me to press my claim? And join the right hand to the right, said Dr. Middleton. No it would not be possible. What insane root she has been nibbling, I know not. But she must consign herself to the guidance of those whom the gods have not abandoned, until her intellect is liberated. She was once there. I look not back. If she it was, and no simulacrum of a reasonable daughter. I welcome the appearance of my friend Mr. Whitford. He is my sea-bath and supper on the beach of Troy, after the day's battle and dust. Vernon walked straight up to them, an act unusual with him, for he was shy of committing an intrusion. Clara guessed by that, and more by the dancing frown of speculative humor he turned on Willoughby, that he had come charged in support of her. His forehead was curiously lively as of one who has got a surprise well under to feed on its amusing contents. "'Have you seen Crossjay, Mr. Whitford?' she said. "'I've pounced on Crossjay. His bones are sound.' "'Where did he sleep? On a sofa, it seems.' She smiled with good hope. Vernon had the story. Willoughby thought it just to himself that he should defend his measure of severity. The boy lied. He played a double game for which he should have been reasoned with at the Grecian portico of a boy, said the Reverend Doctor. My system is different, sir. I could not inflict what I would not endure myself. So is Greek excluded from the later generations, and you leave a field the most fertile in the moralities in youth, unplowed and unsown. Ah, well, this growing too fine is our way of relapsing upon barbarism. Beware of oversensitiveness, where nature has plainly indicated her alternative gateway of knowledge. And now, I presume, I am at liberty. Vernon will excuse us for a minute or two. I hold Mr. Whitford now I have him. I'll join you in the laboratory, Vernon, Willoughby nodded bluntly. We will leave them, Mr. Whitford. They are at the time-honored dissension upon a particular day, that, for the sake of dignity, blushes to be named. What day, said Vernon, like a rustic? The day, these people call it. Vernon sent one of his vivid eye-shots from one to the other. 
his eyes fixed on Willoughby's with a quivering glow, beyond amazement, as if his humor stood at furnace heat and absorbed all that came. Willoughby motioned to him to go. "'Have you seen Miss Dale, Mr. Whitford?' said Clara. He answered, "'No, something has shocked her. Is it her feeling for Crossjay?' "'Ah,' Vernon said to Willoughby, "'your pocketing of the key of Crossjay's bedroom door was a master stroke.' The celestial irony suffused her, and she bathed and swam in it, on hearing its dupe reply, "'My methods of discipline are short. I was not aware that she had been to his door.' "'But I may hope that Miss Dale will see me,' said Clara. "'We are in sympathy about the boy.' Mr. Dale might be seen. He seems to be of a divided mind with his daughter, Vernon rejoined. She has locked herself up in her room. He is not the only father in the unwholesome predicament, said Dr. Middleton. He talks of coming to you, Willoughby. Why to me? Willoughby chastened his irritation. He will be welcome, of course. It would be better that the boy should come. "'If there is a chance of your forgiving him,' said Clara. "'Let the Dales know I am prepared to listen to the boy, Vernon. "'There can be no necessity for Mr. Dale to drag himself here.' "'How are Mr. Dale and his daughter very divided mind, Mr. Whitford?' said Clara. "'Vernon simulated an uneasiness. "'With a vacant gaze that enlarged around Willoughby "'and was more discomforting than intentness, he replied,' Perhaps she is unwilling to give him her entire confidence, Miss Middleton. In which respect, then, our situations present their solitary point of unlikeness and resemblance, for I have it in excess, observed Dr. Middleton. Clara dropped her eyelids for the wave to pass over. It struck me that Miss Dale was a person of the extremest candor. Why should we be prying into the domestic affairs of the Dales? Willoughby interjected, and drew out his watch, merely for a diversion. He was on tiptoe to learn whether Vernon was as well instructed as Clara, and hung to the view that he could not be, while drenching in the sensation that he was. And if so, what were the powers above but a body of conspirators? He paid Letitia that compliment. He could not conceive the human betrayal of the secret. Clara's discovery of it had set his common sense adrift. The domestic affairs of the Dales do not concern me, said Vernon. And yet my friend, Dr. Middleton, balanced himself, and with an air of benevolent slyness, the import of which did not awaken Willoughby until too late, remarked, They might concern you. I will even add that there is a probability of your being not less than the font and origin of this division of father and daughter. Though Willoughby in the drawing-room last night stands accusably the agent. "'Favor me, sir, with an explanation,' said Vernon, seeking to gather it from Clara. Dr. Middleton threw the explanation upon Willoughby. Clara communicated as much as she was able in one of those looks of still depth which say, think, and without causing a thought to stir, takes us into the pellucid mind. Vernon was enlightened before Willoughby had spoken. His mouth shut rigidly, and there was a springing increase of the luminous wavering of his eyes. Some star that Clara had watched at night was like them in the vivid wink and overflow of its light. Yet, as he was perfectly sedate, 
none could have suspected his blood to be chasing wild with laughter, and his frame strung to the utmost to keep it from volleying. So happy was she in his aspect that her chief anxiety was to recover the name of the star whose shining beckons and speaks, and is in a quick of spirit fire. It is the sole star which on a night of frost and strong moonlight preserves an indomitable fervency. That she remembered, and the picture of a whore earth and a lean Orion in a flooded heavens, and the star beneath eastward of him. But the name, the name, she heard Willoughby indistinctly. Oh, the old story, another effort, you know my wish. A failure, of course, and no thanks on either side. I suppose I must ask your excuse. They neither of them see what's good for them, sir. Manifestly, however, said Dr. Middleton, if one may opine from the division we have heard of, the father is disposed to back your nominee. I can't say. As far as I'm concerned, I made a mess of it. Vernon withstood the incitement to acquiesce, but he sparkled with his recognition of the fact. You meant well, Willoughby. I hope so, Vernon. Only you have driven her away. We must resign ourselves. It won't affect me, for I'm off tomorrow. You see, sir, the thanks I get? Mr. Whitford, said Dr. Middleton, you have a tower of strength in the lady's father. Would you have me bring it to bear upon the lady, sir? Wherefore not? To make her marriage a matter of obedience to her father? I, my friend, a lusty lover would have her gladly on those terms, well knowing it to be for the lady's good. What do you say, Willoughby? Sir, say, what can I say? Miss Dale has not plighted her faith. Had she done so, she is a lady who would never dishonor it. She is an ideal of constancy, who would keep to it though it had been broken on the other side, said Vernon, and Clara thrilled. I take that, sir, to be a statue of constancy, modeled upon which a lady of our flesh may be proclaimed as graduating for the condition of idiocy, said Dr. Middleton. But faith is faith, sir. But the broken is the broken, sir, whether in porcelain or in human engagements. And all that one of the two continuing faithful, I should rather say regretful, can do is to devote the remainder of life to the picking up of fragments, an occupation properly to be pursued for the comfort of mankind within the enclosure of an appointed asylum. You destroy the poetry of sentiment, Dr. Middleton, to invigorate the poetry of nature, Mr. Whitford. Then you maintain, sir, that when faith is broken by one, the engagement ceases, and the other is absolutely free? I do. I am the champion of that platitude, and sound that knell to the sentimental world. And since you have chosen to defend it, I will appeal to Willoughby, and ask him if he would not side with the world of good sense in applauding the nuptials of man or maid married within a month of a jilting. Clara slipped her arm under her father's. Poetry, sir, said Willoughby. I never have been hypocrite enough to pretend to understand or care for. Dr. Middleton laughed. Vernon, too, seemed to admire his cousin for a reply that rung in Clara's ears as the dullest ever spoken. Her arm grew cold on her father's. She began to fear Willoughby again. He depended entirely on his agility to elude the thrust that assailed him. Had he been able to believe in the treachery of the powers above, 
he would at once have been designed in these deadly strokes for his feelings had rarely been more acute than at the present crisis and he would then have led away clara to wrangle it out with her relying on vernon's friendliness not to betray him to her father but a wrangle with clara promised no immediate fruits nothing agreeable and the lifelong trust he had reposed in his protecting genie obscured his intelligence to evidence he would otherwise have accepted on the spot on the faith of his delicate susceptibility to the mildest impressions which wounded him clara might have stooped to listen at the door she might have heard sufficient to create a suspicion but vernon was not in the house last night she could not have communicated it to him and he had not seen letitia who was besides trustworthy 